What happened to you today? What's your excuse? Uh, I mean, Smoked too much weed last night? Yeah. Need a little bit of makeup to be less ugly. You don't <laughs> need, you look do. good. He loves you all the time. You're the man. Now, him. Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, different like, story. Like, I love him. I love him not. <laughs> your wife has a husband who farts. Well, not, not, really. <laughs> not that bad. So we got CD Lamb. Ooh, boo. Uh, I don't like Boomer Sooner. Uh, I'm the guy, the guy who's Williams the pass. jumping over Superman. to get the sack. Superman. <laughs> we got Adrian Peterson. Oh, He's oh, from oh, Oklahoma. Oh, you, boo. It's all good, you know. We, we, you know. Yeah, you own us. And we got uh, Mike Evans. How do you eat your mixed nuts? Um, I, that's a very funny question. It's Micah Parsons. I mean, you, you obviously like it because there's one piece left. Thanks, jerk. And it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pizza guys, Micah. The pizza. You need the pizza. I want a damn Old Spice hoodie. Man, I want one. Thank God Sims isn't here today. I had enough of that guy. We got Peter King. I was going to say for the next two hours, but not really. We're only going to go for about a half hour because we got a bunch of guests on tape. But, Peter, great to have you here. I've been trying to get rid of Sims all week, and it finally worked. Hello. Hello. Here's, here's the thing about Sims. You know, when I look at him sometimes, I just wonder what is the next humorous thing that's going to come out of his mouth unintentionally humorous and something always does the one thing i love about the guy and i don't want to say this out loud publicly because i don't want him to hear about it but he is so naturally self-deprecating yeah, unlike 99.9 yeah, percent yeah. of quarterbacks would ever be that was yeah. what blew me away about him when i first got to work with something and all great you know there's an attitude there's an edge yeah. no he, he just says what he says and if something comes out the way it shouldn't, he just laughs, makes fun of himself, and keeps going. And Who it, did they always say, like, when I was growing up, you would watch, like, announcers on television do in all sports. And it very rarely were the mega stars who were really good. Like, Joe Montana wasn't that good. And so a lot That's of, an overstatement. A lot of mega stars. A lot of mega stars are not that good. But you look like... Sims' podcast is awesome. You know, it's so interesting, and he's liable to say anything about anybody. And I just like the fact that you're going to get unvarnished out of the guys. You definitely so, get unvarnished anyway. on Unbuttoned, and we get unvarnished here on PFT Live. And uh, we're going to be slightly more varnished over the course <laughs> of the next half hour. We have a, we have a game. The pomp and circumstance ends today, yeah. and then we regroup tomorrow and Sunday. We've got the 75-hour pregame show, and then the game will begin. And I, I, I continue to be fascinated by this matchup because, yeah. you know, we had to make our picks yesterday. I procrastinated as long as I could because I really could see this game going either way. And not just, well, you know, the Bengals could win three out of ten times. I think the Bengals could win five out of ten times. Me too. I think what makes this game so hard to predict is that everybody originally will say, well, you know, Burrow got sacked nine times against Tennessee and they still won the game. Well, they got a lot of help from Ryan Tannehill. You know, they got three picks and plus Tennessee just didn't play well at all. And so I don't think you're going to be able to take that kind of that kind of punishment on Burrow. But Mike, today, before I came over here, I was talking to a head coach in the NFL who has played uh, San Francisco, or played the Rams multiple times. And 
he said the most important thing that you can do is to make absolutely sure that you get the running game going and not just throw the running game every time, even if you only get one yard. Okay, we're running it. We're running it. No, you have to make yards in the running game because the Rams defense, especially the back end, is so fungible, so changeable, so different that Burrow is not going to see in the third quarter what he saw at the end of the second quarter. So in my opinion, I think this becomes a heavily reliant Joe Mixon power running game for at least part of it, for, for at least part of it. And then, again, obviously, they're going to have to rely on Burrow to make some throws. The problem with him making the throws is having enough time to make them. And is it as simple as, and Sims and I have talked about it, and I don't think that Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, will ultimately do it. But just go back and look at what the 49ers do to the Rams, how they overpower them. Now, the Rams brought it with a level of physicality against the 49ers in the NFC Championship that we didn't see when they got steamrolled on that Monday night, the first night for OBJ. And Von Miller, I don't think, was playing yet, but that was that Monday night where we felt like the Rams were going next level and they got the crap kicked out of them by the 49ers. Wouldn't you, if you're Zach Taylor, at least consider – studying everything that Kyle Shanahan has done that has worked well against that Rams defense, keep the offense on the sideline, overpower the defense, take the steam out of it, and try to win that way. I agree, Mike, but I'm not sure that they have the level of physicality that the 49ers have. I think defensively they do, okay, but offensively, I don't know that that line can sort of, and and this is the wrong way to put it, can, like, beat up Aaron Donald. Right. And, and can, and can really be physical with a very physical front. You know, Sebastian Day and Gaines and Donald, man, that is one trio right there. But on the other side, a lot of people seem to be sort of, oh, they're very surprised at how Cincinnati's been competent on defense. I, I'm really not because you've been seeing it for much of the year. If you look at, uh, at Reader, if you look at Hill, to me, Mike, I've been talking about this, that the trade of uh, Billy Price by the Bengals for B.J. Hill, especially now that Larry Okunjobi is out for the year with his broken foot, uh, a a horrible injury for the Bengals, but they've got B.J. Hill to plug in there. And that, to me, was the most underrated move the Bengals made all year before this year. Everybody expected Trey Hendrickson to get after the passer. Right. But the B.J. Hill move makes it positive now that they're going to be able to play really physical up front against that Rams running game. See, I would be tempted, you know, you think of how motivated and driven and focused and Aaron Donald is going to be. I would want to use that against him. We see those plays from time to time where he technically gets a bad grade for the play because he's overpowered his blocker yeah. so immediately that there's a kind hole of overrun left, play, yeah. and there goes the running back. I'd want to try to deliberately induce those kinds of moments and get the Rams on their heels that way. Maybe if you can't overpower them, run where they're not. Go in the in the wash of Aaron Donald as he right. tries to get to the quarterback. It's going to require a level of creativity and execution for the Bengals. You know, Mike is going to be a real challenge. Let me say something about Aaron Donald. 
Somebody who knows Aaron Donald very well was telling me this week something that I didn't really think about very much. But if you look at a lot of the players who were playing in this game, a lot of the young stars, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, uh, you know, a bunch of the Rams too, but a lot of the young guys, man, we're in the Super Bowl. This is fantastic. For Aaron Donald, he's got his defensive players of the year. He is already, right now, if he never plays another snap in the NFL, he's a walk-in Hall of Famer. What is the one thing he's missing? And he knows and he that he's that. missing he it. He did that after the, after the win over the 49ers. He wants the ring. He, he is missing that for his legacy and his meaning to the sport of pro football. Because whatever you say about Joe Green, oh, greatest defensive tackle. Whatever you say about Bob Lilly, I mean, those guys have championships and whatever you will say about how great Aaron Donald was against all the defensive tackles of his day if he never wins that ring there will be a little scar and a little bit of a black mark on his resume fairly or unfairly but that's how players are judged makes him Alan and he Page. knows it makes he, him Alan yeah, Page he knows it yeah. he knows it and that's one of the reasons why I was told Wednesday by somebody who saw him, he's ready to play right now. Well, and that's why you've got this confluence of guys on the Rams who they all want to win for Aaron Donald. But you've got Matthew Stafford. Yeah, who's trying it's to get the his. same thing. Yeah. You've got Jalen Ramsey who's trying to get his. You've got OBJ, who I think is a student of the game and he's made for this moment and he's been waiting. He's been through so much crappy at the yeah. ACL last year and then he gets out of Cleveland and who knows what's going to happen. I think all these guys coalesce. And I feel like that overpowers the Bengals. And I don't want to write off Joe Burrow because he's the one guy who would flip that all around on you. And I think he's capable of flipping it around on the Rams. But he's going to have, we think, a lot more chances. I mean, Dan Marino thought he would have a lot more chances after yeah. the Super Bowl in his second season, too. And Burrow may need to be aware of that. But that, that's what makes this one, and we say it every year, somebody's got to lose, and it sucks. But... There's no guarantee you're ever coming back. And Aaron Donald's got to look at it and say, hey, well, I was here three years ago, and look at everything we've had to do to get to the point where we're back in it. And this may be it. This may be his last chance. It may, you know, three years you never from now. never know. Three years from now, it may be done. You know, three years from now, the decline may be on. Three years yeah. from now, the, the, the cap may blow up on them. And they've given up all their first-round picks, and, and it's just not going to sustain. Uh, this is it. The time is now for the Rams. Very rare is the player. Sam Mills got into the Hall of Fame last night. And very rare is the player who, at age 38, can lead his team in tackles by 47 tackles and uh, lead his team to the playoffs. That doesn't happen a lot with defensive players at all, ever. So I think you're right. I think Aaron Donald looks at this. We may never pass this way again. I'm going to give you one other factor in this game. And I've been thinking this for a long time. Every game the Bengals have played in this postseason has gone down to the end, the very end. Even the Raider game, even the Raider game, that was a game at the two-minute warning. Every game has been close. Fourth down inside and, the 10-yard line. They intercepted a pass on fourth down. Yeah. And so tell me now. I, this is going to sound really weird. We're talking about who's got the edge. Who's got the edge at kicker? Evan McPherson that would was. have the edge over Justin Tucker right now. That's how good he is. McPherson versus Gay is a gigantic edge for the Bengals. And I'm and hey, who knows? Maybe it comes down to a 
29 yarders. So, so who really cares? But McPherson has shown that nothing scares him. Nothing shakes him up. To me, he's the Joe Burrow of kickers. I just think that when you're talking about single elimination, when you're talking about championship on the line, the longer that Joe Burrow hangs around, the greater the chance he's going to make that throw, make that play, make yeah. that run with Chris Jones breathing down his neck and he runs away from him and gets a first down. I remember when that happened in the AFC Championship. That was when I first said, oh, crap, the Bengals yeah, are going to yeah, win the this Bengals game. The Bengals are going to win it. When that play happened, that's yeah. the kind of thing that makes everyone think this is real. And so for the Rams to do it, I hate to say it, it's got to be an old-school, boring Super Bowl. They've got to kick the crap out of them early. They've got to knock them down on the mat. They've got to keep them down. Yeah. When it's 21-3, it's got to become 34-3. You've got to keep going and going. And Sean McVay's smart enough to figure that out. And unfortunately, it'll make for a bad Super Bowl if it happens. But that's the Rams' safest play because otherwise Burrow's going to find a way to will his I just back into it. I don't see the Bengals getting routed in this game. I just don't see it. Every game down the stretch of this season. Let's go back to the Chargers game in the regular season. They're behind 900 to nothing, and all of a sudden it's 24 to 22. And the Bengals, and, and what was it, mix and fumble, yeah. and the Chargers bring it back for a touchdown, game over. But the Bengals were driving after being down, whatever, 24 points early. The Bengals are driving to win that game. So I don't see the Bengals getting routed. What I see, I see a close game, and I think one of the quarterbacks is going to make a play late in the game that's going to be the crucial play well, who do you to trust win the then? game. Who do you trust I, I, between the two? I probably trust Burrow a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm going to pick the Bengals. I don't, I'm not convinced in any way that the Bengals are going to win, but I just think I've seen too often – Going back to, I covered their game against San Francisco in Cincinnati where they're down two scores with 10 minutes to go. And he just invents crap on the fly. Well, and he's got an amazing access to the entire playbook. Yeah. Any given moment, needs a play that's going to work, and he's got it. He did that multiple times this year to get them out of bad spots, to get them into good plays. And. I've already picked the Rams, but I don't feel good about you it. You wouldn't be surprised. I want the it's Bengals exactly, to win. It's exa- you feel exactly the way I do. I was on part of the interruption the other day, and I, and, I, and I basically flip-flopped because I said, I will pick the Bengals if you can tell me that their line is going to make sure that the Rams don't make a mockery of this game. And I'm really on the fence about whether they can do it. But I think if, if I... And I, and I don't do it. I don't gamble. If I had to put 10 bucks down somewhere, I would put 10 bucks down on the Bengals. And the pass rush, to me, is what pushed me toward the Rams because we saw yeah. it Super Bowl 50 with the Broncos and Cam Newton. We saw it last year with the Buccaneers and Patrick Mahomes. And I know that Joe Burrow is a magic man, but he still got swallowed up repeatedly against the Titans and but yeah. Ryan Tannehill's three interceptions. They're home watching this on TV. Joe Burrow may be here making the rounds. If yeah. they, you know. Yeah. And and I and hating I, every minute of yeah, it. Yeah, I just I just <laughs> think that, that that Rams pass rush with Aaron Donald drawing so much attention, opening it up for Vaughn Miller and Leonard Floyd that's yeah. where I think the difference is going to be. And We've you know seen what? It it's just not it's just not Aaron Donald. One thing I really like about Aaron Donald, 
He's got some no-name guys on that defense. And every time Aaron Donald talks about their defensive effort, he mentions, you know, Sebastian Day and Gaines and yep. their linebackers and Nick Scott, this safety who came out of nowhere. Quiz question. Who's got the last interception, assuming Tom Brady doesn't play again, who's got the last interception ever of Tom Brady? Well, it would have to be somebody from the Rams. Was it Weddle? Nick Scott. Oh, Nick Scott. Seventh-round pick from Penn State a couple of years ago who was drafted when John Fossil called him before the draft, and he goes, I'm going to try everything in my power to get you on this team. And that's all he was drafted as, a special teamer. Hasn't played much, and now that he has to play, every, the one thing about the Rams that's interesting, people make a mockery of them trading all their ones and I understand that. I, I get it. You want your first-round picks. But do you realize that since Sean McVay has taken over this job in 2017, the Los Angeles Rams have the second-most draft choices in the NFL? They're just not in the first round. They're using their lottery tickets later. Yeah. yeah. And, and, so, and so a Nick Scott comes through the 253rd pick or whatever he was. And to me, I love these underdog guys just coming through on this gigantic stage and look you know mike did you see earlier today eric weddle's gonna have the green dot on his helmet yes and he'll be calling the, the signals in the huddle eric weddle who what was it now 32 days ago was the carpool dad in san diego for his kids you know retired for two years had not played football in 734 days. Welcome to the playoffs, Mr. Weddle. Well, <laughs> Peter likes the Bengals. I like the Rams. I just want a good game. But yeah. I have a feeling the better the game is, the more the opening is going to exist for the Bengals to take it. We're going to take a break. When we return, Aaron Rodgers gets his fourth MVP. How much closer is he to making a decision about whether he'll be pursuing number five with a different team? We'll discuss that next on PFT Live at the Super Bowl. There are the big winners from last night, the NFL honors. Most of them, as expected. Peter and I were just talking off air about Joe Burrow winning comeback player of the year. A lot of people thought it would go to Dak Prescott of the Cowboys. Or Nick Bosa, really. Nick Bosa could have won either. He didn't get a vote. Yeah. Some 49ers upset about that. Michael Parsons got all the votes for defensive rookie of the year. Who else? Or Chase, offensive rookie of the year. Cooper Cup Offensive Player of the Year. He got an MVP vote. First MVP vote for a receiver since Randy Moss in 98. Did you vote for him? No. Cooper Cup? Who did no. you vote for for MVP? I voted for Aaron Rodgers. Hub Arkish didn't. <laughs> Maybe he was shamed into it at the end, though. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers wins it. He's got 164 MVP votes for his career. That's, I think, third most ever. And that's a great stat. That was uh, Shereen Williams wrote that earlier today on PFT. Who's got the most? I don't know. I didn't read the article. Uh. Fake news. I don't read that stuff. You think it would be Peyton? I don't waste my time reading that crap, as Aaron Rodgers would say. It's probably Peyton because he's won it five times, right? He won it five times. It would be Peyton, I would would guess. That was four. Or is it five? Peyton's got five. five. Rodgers has four. Brady has three. Brady could still come back and get a fourth. Rodgers could get a fifth. This is the key. Rodgers, future clock is ticking. Let's hear him last night after he got the fourth MVP trophy on his timetable for making a decision about 2022. Like I said uh, in the last uh, press conference, you know, I'll make a decision 
uh, in due time and not in, not in a ton of time, you know, before uh, give the team plenty of uh, time to, uh, you know, do what they got to do. And, you know, I think that time is coming. Uh, shoot, what day is today here? It's like the 10th or something. Yeah. So, I mean, there'll be a decision in, in the near future. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to keep a lot of people waiting. You can just segue right into, like, old school westerns. Right? <laughs> He's got the look. The haggard sheriff or the black Bart showing up. Listen, to, this town isn't big enough for the both of us. I'll tell you what. If Clint Eastwood were a football fan, I have no idea if he is. He's got to hire Aaron Rodgers to play somebody in his last Western ever filmed. Ever. He, he, he just he's, he embraces that. He's had that yeah. look all year long. I saw a separate interview of Aaron Rodgers. I think it was with Taylor Bashotti of NFL Network after winning the award, and he said he's going to make a decision pretty quick. He's talked to the Packers. He really hasn't had a chance to let it feel like the offseason yet. He's going to take a little time and make a decision pretty quick. He said before he's going to let it be known before free agency. Look, the Packers have to figure out what they're going to do. Other teams have to figure out, are they jumping in on Aaron Rodgers? The quarterback carousel is going to start to spin now that the coaching carousel has stopped. So I just I, I think you can make the argument that's why he should stay. I think he's going to want out. I think the time's come, and I think they should let him go wherever he wants to go. Wherever they can work out a fair deal for everyone, they should let him go there. You know, two things. I remember it was around August 10th that I sat down with Rodgers in Green Bay after one of his first practices back, and he said a couple of things in that interview. I will be where my feet are all season. I will not. You won't hear any clues from me about where I'm going, what I'm doing, because I'm going to take my time and I'm going to be with my team living for this moment, for these moments. That was the one thing. And the second thing he said is, I'm not sure what I'm going to do at all. And I'm not going to give people a chance to try to everybody speculate. You can speculate whatever you want. If you watch that thing last night, everything he said, I dare you to make a confident prediction what he's going to do. He can't. So I applaud Aaron Rodgers for this. This year, 2021, was about his team and this season. And we can argue about the one game he missed and and being at fault for that. Still got the one seed. Yeah. But this was about this year being where his feet are, being a dedicated guy to the Packers, And he deserves a lot of credit for never, ever getting the train off the tracks. Everything was team, 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 Packers, Packers, Packers. We're going to go as far as we can. Now, we can discuss his last two playoff games, which have been a little eyebrow-raising, you know, both in Lambeau, both where they were heavily favored, and both that they lost. However, I don't think you can question his dedication to making this season all about him and not thinking about whether he's going to be in Invesco Field on Labor Day weekend or whenever next year. Now, Mike, one other thing I would say. I had a conversation with Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach of the Broncos, and I said, pretty fair. You have been linked as the team for Aaron Rodgers. What do you think of that? How much do you talk to him? Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, he said two sentences. 
I'm the coach of the Denver Broncos. Aaron's the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. As bizarre as this sounds, when I when he said that, I said, he thinks he's got a good chance to get Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't want to leave any little breadcrumbs on the trail for anybody to ever come back and said, ho, 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 tampering, yep. tampering. But again, Mike, I'll tell you this. I was texting with Rob Domovsky, who I'd become buddies with, you know, the Packers guy, the Bob Domovsky, you know. And I said, after watching last night, he said, I said, I have absolutely no idea. And I don't think he does either because Rodgers has done that on purpose. Some things that I know, or at least I think I know, despite the things he said that were glowing as it relates to his yeah. relationship with GM Brian Gutekunst, it's still not where it needs to be. It may be better than it was, but it's still far below where it needs to be. I think he's going to want to go. The question is where, and teams that I'm watching are indeed the Broncos. The Steelers, although I don't think it's in their DNA to They're make They're not going to pay that much for right. him. Right. Although, Peter, one reason why I'm intrigued by it, their local viewership in Pittsburgh was down 10% this year. Their ticket sales are down. Maybe they need to swing for the fences. Maybe. To, to try to generate some excitement. And You know what the Steelers strike me as? 20, 20th pick in the draft, which they have, for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. That, that makes more sense to yeah. me. But anyway, go ahead. But but I, I look at the Steelers, the Broncos, maybe the Raiders, although I think the Raiders are are closer to the rebuild yeah. than the reload. Uh, the Buccaneers, if he's willing to follow Tom Brady, I don't know that he would be. The four, I keep coming back to the 49ers with Aaron Rodgers as a two-year bridge to Trey Lance. That gives Lance the three years that Rodgers have yeah. to sit. And now he can learn from Rodgers and get fully ready to go. The question is, what could the 49ers at this point give up? And would the Packers trade him to one of no. their no. one of their rivals, even though they're not in the division? No. But, what if, but what if Rodgers says, I want out, and the only team I'll accept the trade to is the 49ers? What happens then? I don't think that is what he's going to do. I think if he chooses the trade route, I think he's going to have multiple teams. Not ten, but three or four. And Mike... Here's why the Broncos make the most sense, okay? They've got Nathaniel Hackett. They've got a talented defensive team that Vic Fangio had playing very well. They've got some very good offensive players. And they can even afford, if need be, if the Packers say, we want three ones and Jerry Judy. I know people say, are you out of your mind? I would do that if I were the Broncos. Three ones and Jerry Judy. Because then you still have three good quality NFL receivers if Hamler comes in, comes up. And you've got a good running game. You still got your left tackle. You didn't have to trade him. And you're just missing your draft choices. But if Aaron Rodgers agrees to give the Broncos minimum three years, I'd make that trade in a second. That's the other side of it, too. How much are you getting from Aaron Rodgers? How much will he commit to on He's the He's got to commit to three years if you're going to make a huge trade for him. It would have been better if he was just a free agent, but the problem is, and someone explained If he what? Me, if he was just a free agent. Yeah. He could go wherever yeah. he wants. You don't have to deal with this. But Because I, I, I said, hey, why didn't last year when he had the leverage, why didn't he insist on his contract expiring after 2021, not after 2022? And it was explained to me that the Packers want to be able to get something now. They yeah. don't want to wait for a compensatory pick. They want it now. 
the question is how much are they going to get now? And there, there, there's got to be some concessions made by everyone, I think. There's one other thing. A very, very smart player who happens to be a quarterback. I was asking him about the trade and what if, if you're the general manager of the Packers, what would you do? What if you get three ones and a good player, maybe a Pro Bowl type player, would you do it? And he goes, not in a million years. I said, why? And he goes, because I saw Jordan Love play against Kansas City. And I would rather have a great chance for one more year and then no compensation in 2023 other than the third round pick. I'd rather have that than throw Jordan Jordan Love to the Wolves this year. Now, my, my belief is if they refuse to trade him, because they've already promised to trade him if he wants to be traded right. verbally. And I remember saying at the time, that promise isn't worth the paper it's not written on. Yeah. Because it's completely unenforceable, and they can say, sorry, right. circumstances yeah. have changed. But he'll retire. But he'll retire. He'll retire. Yeah, and, he would retire. And I think what he would do, he'd pull the Brett Favre and unretire in July, <clears throat> put him in a corner where they have to put his salary cap number on the books. They probably wouldn't be in a position to do it. Remember, in 2008, the Packers just shrugged because they had more than $12 million in cap room. That was Favre's salary. They're like, fine, come, come back. We'll figure it out and we'll trade you. They'd be in a much tighter box if Aaron Rodgers unretires the way Favre did. But I don't think they want that. I, I'd like to think that everyone's going to be reasonable. And that if he wants out, when he wants out, they work out a deal. But where is the deck stacked in his favor like it was for Brady? That's a problem. And he's going to be compared to Brady and to Peyton Manning. You went from a team that was one seed back-to-back seasons, and you jumped to another team, and you barely made the playoffs or didn't make the playoffs or whatever may happen. I think they'll... You know, he's, he's going to make the playoffs. The question is, is he going to seriously pursue a championship? You know, you team? say he's going to make the playoffs. But I'll, I'll, Not if I, he goes to Denver. I think he, I think Not he guaranteed. would. I think he will make the playoffs if he goes to Denver. But there's one big problem, and it's a multiple problem. It's called Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, yes. Patrick Mahomes, and then a cast of 10. What happens to Deshaun Watson? Does, uh, you know, does, does Mac Jones become the player that we think that he's got a good chance? What about, what about Zach Wilson? What about Trevor Lawrence? And then what is going to happen in Baltimore? You know, with Lamar Jackson. You could make an argument right now that there's 10 teams in the AFC. I added them up the other day. 10 teams that have a very good, potentially, quarterback situation. You know, the kind that there's probably only like three in the NFC. Well, and that's why if I were... Aaron Rodgers, I would want to stay. stay. I understand what you're saying. The Titans are the ones in the AFC that intrigue me the most because they were the one seed. The money is so awful, though. Well, and with Ryan Tannehill, he's due to make $29 million, fully guaranteed. He's got a $28 million cap hit, even if they unload his full salary. It's not going to be easy to do. But if you got a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, you know what would be really interesting? You'd have to really finagle the cap. How about a trade for uh, Aaron Rodgers to Tennessee for Ryan Tannehill and two ones? Well, that solves a problem for the for the Packers, right? Because then they have a quarterback competition in camp, and it'd be great for them. But I still think the Broncos have the huge edge over anybody. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I had Travis Kelsey earlier, and you're actually going to hear him coming up in a few minutes. I I, I asked him, well, how do you feel about the possibility of having Aaron Rodgers to deal with? He said, let's bring it. It's great. I mean, the idea of having 
Mahomes and Herbert and Rodgers in the same Jeez. division. We've been I didn't begging. Even mention Herbert. We've been begging for Mahomes versus Rodgers. Every time it's on the tee, it goes haywire. Yeah. Now we're going to get two a year yeah. if it happens to, in Denver. Yeah, it'd, it'd be, be amazing. Fun. It's great for football if it happens. It'd be great if like you get six of those over the next three years. And you know, I, I've I've said for a long time that when this class of quarterbacks exits the NFL, and really Brady is about the last one. Okay, I don't really count Matt Ryan because he came in in 2008, you know, and Matthew Stafford in 2009. So I don't count them. But the really, you know, the old timers, you know, Manning's gone. Both Mannings are gone. Roethlisberger now gone. Brady gone. Uh, Philip Rivers gone. Everybody from like the first like five years of this century, with the exception of Aaron Rodgers. And so I kind of look at that and I say, as crazy as it sounds, the next golden era for quarterbacks, we might have to call that the platinum era for quarterbacks. It's so good. Well, and, and it is amazing that we've had this intersection of the great older quarterbacks with the great young quarterbacks, but we keep getting more and more quarterbacks who can play at a really high level. It's going to be the story of the early part of the offseason when he makes a decision where he's going to go. And it was January 30 last year that Matthew Stafford was unofficially traded to the Rams. So these moves can start happening, and I do think that Rodgers is going to be the first domino, that none of these other moves are going to happen until everybody knows It where sounds close. It sounds like he's on the verge of making a decision. Make a decision pretty quick, but then you have to implement it. That's the thing, too. That's, that's where the drama becomes over the top. Because what if he says, I want to go to the 49ers, and they say no? What happens? I, I've looked around. I've looked at my options. I listened to Peter King. He said these AFC teams are pretty good, and I agree with him. What am I going to I want to go to the 49ers. I want to go play for the team that I wanted to draft me in 2005. I want to finish my career where I wanted it to begin. I, I, I grew up rooting for that team. That's what I want to do. And, well, without, you know, if they say no, then, then we, we have a gift that keeps on giving all offseason long because he would retire, and then I think he would unretire. You sound like you're talking about the Jelly of the Month Club with Clark Griswold. I, it's the gift that keeps on giving. That well, it very well could be. <laughs> All right. Um, we, uh, we need to take a break because we have a ton of guests coming up over the course of the next hour and a half or so. We return with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Travis Kelsey, but we also have Sean Payton and Derek Henry and Ron Rivera and plenty more. Emmett Smith with a bottle of tequila that he opened and poured for me. You'll see that later on. For now, it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Travis Kelsey when PFT Live at the Super Bowl continues right after this. Continuing our day here at the NFL Experience in Los Angeles, Convention Center, site of Super Bowl 56. Here's a guy who knows a thing or two about winning a national championship, played for a Super Bowl last year, knows a thing or two about the guys that are going to be playing on Sunday, especially on the Bengals. He's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Clyde, great to see you, pal. How are you? Yes, sir. Doing good. How about you? Good, good, good. Um, look, I, you, you arrived after the Chiefs won their Super Bowl, but they've had a Super Bowl caliber team. Last year you guys got there. This year, one game short. What, what's just the vibe around the players? Is it time to reset to zero and zero and move in the right direction? Yeah, I mean, just having that that bittersweet ending. Well, not really sweet, but having that 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 horrible ending of my rookie year, just playing in the Super Bowl and then 
really coming up short when you feel like it's right there and then you you have that reset moment where everybody's kind of like we we throwing out those those texts and everybody's trying to like get back locked in for the next season and we hit it rolling and then when you feel like this was the year to do it and and everybody felt like this was the year to do it rough start at the beginning but as time went on we we became the team that we thought that we were going to be year two and then just having having a way that this year ended um you know, we knew it was going to be a, a, a lot of things just dealing with the offseason and, and figuring out um, just how things are going to work out as far as the NFL. We know the trade block and everything else is coming up. Uh, but honestly, as, as soon as as soon as those clocks, you know, it, it struck zero, it was like, man, next season we we know that we can do it. Um, and we know that we can get the guys to come back and do it. And, and we know that we have that bond to do it. Claude, I almost feel like the Chiefs are better when they're doubted, when there's noise that's negative on the outside, that you guys find a way to turn that into motivation. And it's easy to do that when you're doubted. It's harder to find the motivation when everyone's saying, oh, the Chiefs are great, the Chiefs are great. Do you prefer that vibe that people are counting you out like you had kind of halfway through the season? Um, I would say through mostly through my career, I felt like that's, that's kind of been the vibe throughout the time that I've been playing um, and just – Going into my rookie year, that that entire year it just felt like we were on a on a pedestal that entire time. But the 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 intensity and everything that we did week in and week out never slowed down. And and the way Coach Reed runs his practices, it never felt like we were at the top of the food chain and nobody else was going to mess with us. It always felt like we were going to chase something else that 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 was greater. And and. Honestly, it was it was the Super Bowl, and, and trying to conquer that was like the the, the main goal. So having that focus kind of kept us pushing throughout that entire time. You've been part of the team for two years now. You've worked with Eric Bandemi, the offensive coordinator. What's the sense that you have or your teammates have as to why he's yet to get his opportunity to be a head coach somewhere else? Man, not being able – we can't sit in those meetings and, and, and really understand what, what goes on um, in, in coaches' interviews, but – I mean, it's it's just one of those one of those things with with jobs. I mean, it's so many spots, so many open and available, you know, entries. But it's it's so many you know so many guys and so many willing and 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 honestly valid valid candidates that that can fill those those spots. So, um, I mean, it's not not my position to make the hire and and, and fires. But uh, as far as me being coached by EB, I mean, I I honestly uh, me selfishly. Uh, you like it there? Yeah, <laughs> would, would hate to see him leave. It's just him, him being from New Orleans and, and just kind of just having that that homegrown feeling. It's just when I came in the building and, and the way that he teaches me and the things that that we talk about, um, he just kind of gets me over that hump each each week. So, so you've got that Louisiana vibe. You won that championship with LSU, and you know a thing or two about Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase came out here the other day so you could see him a little bit. What was the vibe that you got from your guys from LSU who are on the Bengals now? Initially, it was just getting a, a, a genuine hug, not being able to see those guys. And, and, and as soon as I saw Joe, he was like, man, my first time seeing you since since we left, like in person. Um, you know, he had his rehab and everything last year. Uh, but it was before the, the, I mean, the national championship game. Like, we, you know, we talked a lot before that. And then after that, it was like separate ways and then before we know it we was like oh man we're going into year three uh, and the time was just flowing but as soon as, as soon as we got down wanted to get get with them early and as casual joe casual jamar just just locked in locked in uh, 
Same as always. And it's 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 hard to say when, when you're not really when when people are not around them and and you're their friend and you try to tell people how you know how they are, but once you get around them, you know it's like oh I know this is gonna be quick conversation because I this this locked in. Joe is Joe's is one of those guys. Everything when when he's pinpointed and, and, and locked in, focused on on one thing, it's like. I'm going to conquer this one thing, and that was the only like that was you could tell that's like the only thing on his mind. So, you know, you let him be and and watch greatness. So AFC Championship when the Chiefs are up 21-3, are you thinking uh, it's enough? I know how I know how Joe is. It's sitting enough. We need another 21. I mean, in in, in any offensive state, I'm I'm thinking we need to score points. Um, you know, we we just. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to go out and, and score points, and we and that's what we started hot. And, and I'm just like, oh yeah, as long as we keep rolling, you know, we're we're good. Um, it's just always just knowing Joe's on that sideline. It, it, it just it's just one of those one of those feelings, and you can never really put your finger on it because the last time last time I was playing against him on the same field, I. I was I was on the same field with him. Um, I, I didn't play the first time against the Beagles. I was I was recovering from an injury, but you know that was the time. It's like man, Joe's Joe's on the other side of the field, and it was like ah, I can't do anything about it because I don't play defense. But I I just know how he is. You guys can score points though so suddenly, so quickly, and then it's like the faucet gets turned off, and then it turns on again. I mean. It seems like you guys could score 100 points in a game if it clicked all four quarters. Why is it hot and cold sometimes? It's it's kind of just like a I'm, I don't know the really the, the comparison, but it's it's kind of like teaching a kid not to touch a hot skillet. It's like those <laughs> times like man, we're on fire, and it's like but we sometimes it's just not. Um, I'm going to say football-oriented. Like, we just go out and it's like, oh, we just having fun. It's like before we know it, we blink our eyes. We're up 35 points because we just giving the ball to our playmakers. And it's, it may have not been, you know, the play that was designed. It may have been something that was broken down and we figured out a way to score. And then we're up 35 points just because of the athletes and the guys that's on so the what field. So makes it, what makes it flip? What causes it to stop when you score 35 points quickly and then there's nothing after that? Um, honestly, I, w- I would probably say momentum. The times that we go out and we score and then it's so quick and it's happening so fast and we want to go back out and score and then we sit down for 10 minutes because another offense is they're trying to put a drive together and the other coach is thinking we need to slow down this offense and get them off the field. And if we're able to get them off the field, then they will slow down and become, I guess, unsynced up. And and um, I don't want to say it, it works because sometimes we come out and it's, it's just like like nothing. Like we go back out and we, we're still scoring points. It's just one of those things we're just trying to figure out and get over. Before I let you run, tell me what you have going on with sleep number. So sleep number is helping me with uh, my foundation. My, my my little sister, she she is um, she was born with MS, so she she deals with muscular dystrophy, and my foundation is making muscles for Maddie. Um, so just honestly, sleep number has been helping me in this in this process and, and, and getting everything started with, with making muscles for Maddie and just the, my, my sleep process and sleep recovery and everything that's 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 been helping me with, with football and, and I mean I can go on and on about it, but uh sleep number honestly has been helping me with my recovery. Sleep number has been helping me with my day to day just mental processing um 
Honestly, man, I could go. I'm, I'm, I could go how, on. How on much? About how much it. sleep do you get in the season? How much do you try to get a day? So, with based on my my sleep number IQ app, I, I try to get at least eight to nine hours of sleep. Um, and and just being able to have the the smart 360 bed, it it gives me the ability to lean the bed up, um, adjust it, um, and then Dylan, I had multiple injuries this year. Uh, sadly, I had the knee injury and then I had the, the upper body injury. So being able to elevate the, the lower part of the bed and flush out my legs um, early on in the season when I had the MCL injury and then later on in the season when I had the upper body injury, I was able to lean up the, the back end of the bed and, and flush up the top. So honestly, just taking full advantage of, of the technology there in the bed has been giving me giving me back on the field and, and back out on the field with my brother. So I know you got OBJ on the Rams, LSU guy, but you got your teammates on the Bengals and Jamar and Joe. Where, where's your lean on Sunday? Who are you rooting for? You want Joe to get it done? I'm really I'm really I'm really on that fine line. Um, and and people are going to say, oh, man, I, he's, he's kind of BSing. But growing up Baton Rouge, Louisiana, homegrown kid, I mean, OBJ is one of those guys that kind of made me want to go to LSU. And then you had Whitworth, who was bringing, you know, a national championship that I remember bringing my mom to tears because she's like, man, we, we, won a, we won a national championship. And then you go to LSU and then you win a national championship with some guys who, who you know, you never thought that, that you can get something done like that before. So it's like I'm, I'm literally on that line. But as, as, as far as a competitive game, that's really one I want. Um, I, I know how I know how Joe and, and those guys love the game. I know I know how Andrew and, and OBJ um, is is all about the competitive nature of football. So as long as we get a competitive game, I know everybody's be happy on the back Did end. Did you get some of the fake money that OBJ was passing out after the national championship? Um, you know that's that's no comment. NIL, it's <laughs> NIL now. It's okay. It's NIL. Man, I, we were like three years removed from that. <laughs> Statue limitations is run, uh, but it wasn't real money. Was it wasn't. Like, it it was wasn't real money. Prop money. Carrying around prop money just, just in case. All right. It. Hey, great seeing you, Clyde. All the best moving forward, and uh, hope to see the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl next year. Yes, sir. All Thank right. you so much. We'll go first to Donna Kelsey. I'm sorry, what? Yes, it's it's your mom. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Mom? I'm glad you made it. Well, yeah, I know. I actually made it at, at a disappointing... <laughs> Tampa game. This was an elation to see you get a touchdown in a playoff game. I mean, oh my gosh, how good did that feel? How good did that feel after all these years? Oh man, to finally throw a touchdown like I used to tell my mom when I was like five years old, I was going to eventually throw a touchdown in the National Football League. Uh, I finally got it done. It only took me nine years. <laughs> That's a good question though, mom. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's, it's so fun, and that's what makes sports so great, because you can be depressed in the morning and elated in the evening. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Glad, glad I could put a smile on your face. Love you, yeah, Mom. Yeah, you too. Love you, too. She's the best. <laughs> Mama Kelsey, after the divisional round, or no, wild card round. It was a wild card mm-hmm. round. Went to see your brother Jason in oh, Tampa. Yeah play against the Buccaneers for the Eagles and then came to Kansas City for the game that you guys played against. Who the hell was the seventh seed? They're forgettable. Who was the seventh seed this year? Who'd you beat in the wild card? That was the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was the Steelers. Oh, I'd like to forget that one because I actually, I don't know if I was drinking some of that tequila Emmett Smith brought earlier. I actually thought the Steelers were going to win that game. I apologize. (laughs) Hey, man, it's any given Sunday. Well, because I, and you know what? 
early on, I'm thinking, I, I may be onto something here. Because, you know, Steelers had that ugly way of keeping it close, they, get a defensive no. touchdown, but you guys snapped out. That's the thing. Once you guys snap out of it, you score 40 points. Listen, we had a lot of fun in that game. Uh, a, a couple ups and downs, but... Um, so much fun nonetheless and of course my mom getting to see both me and my brother play in the in the playoffs in one day uh, making a legendary run that everybody could follow I just want to say thanks to all the fans that that were you know tweeting her messenger messing messaging her on uh, social media and, and all the platforms uh, you made her you made her day you could hear it in her voice it was just sheer joy <laughs> And I, I was reminded when we played the clip, we had some fun the day after that game because you could get away with wearing the coat that you had on. I couldn't. That <laughs> coat, to me, the first moment I saw it, I said, it looks like a bowl of cereal come to life. <laughs> I respect it. I respect <laughs> Where do you keep it. That? Now, is that a coat you can only wear once? There it is. Can you only wear it once? It's Yeah, it's definitely one of those. I feel like it was so comfortable that I, I got to find another opportunity to throw it on, man. That was one of my favorite favorite coats I've ever it, put together. It looks together. great. It looks great. Kid um, Super, that thing turned me into a superhero as soon as I it's great. threw it on my back. Awesome. You wear it during a game. That would exactly. be even better. Um, so... I'm looking at your career. It's been incredible. Six straight years with a thousand plus yards receiving. Tight ends aren't supposed to do that, uh, and and you've shown no sign whatsoever of slowing down. I, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. You know, this uh, this is a physical game to just be out there on the field uh, for as long as I've been able to put together so far. Is um, it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing to be able to not only be out there but to have the players that I that I've had around me um, to elevate my game to to make me better. And then on top of that, the coaches the the coaches put me in positions to have success week in week out. And I'm uh, I'm just extremely fortunate to be in a position that I am in Kansas City. Uh, and, and have had the run that I've had over the past couple of years. And four years now with Patrick Mahomes as your starting quarterback, it really does seem like you guys are at the point where you have the shared brain, where he knows where you're going to be, you know when he's going to throw it, because with him you never know when it's coming out. But you guys seem to have that connection. And we saw it in the, in the Buffalo game. When you guys got to get in field goal range, you, you guys basically said, hey, this is what we're going to do, and it worked. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, it's a lot of hours, a lot of countless hours uh, on the field. Um, in the locker room talking about football uh, and it's not just me it's everybody I, I know it's uh, I, me and Pat have a have a fun relationship that uh, that you know the the world gets to see us playing golf in the offseason and having fun but I think that uh, it's not talked about how much the, the chemistry is just so great in Kansas City uh, from the defensive side to the offensive side everybody in the building loves coming into work and it's because of the guys that are guys and girls that are in that building um, making it fun you guys got the Super Bowl win two years ago in Miami. Great game, great comeback, exciting. Last year got to the Super Bowl. Obviously, it didn't work out. This year didn't get there. Well, and I, I don't want to – I'm not here to stick a knife. I'm just curious. What hurts more, losing the game before the Super Bowl or losing the Super Bowl? Um, losing the Super Bowl by far. I think uh, – Getting there and, and losing it the way we did—that's gonna—that's gonna sting for the rest of my life. It is what it is, um, and it's just a—it's a—it's an unfortunate situation that, that we had our had against Cincinnati. I think that uh, it's something to learn from. Uh, the hats off to them, but uh, I, I really do feel like we just uh, we needed to play better, um, including. I mean, I'll be the first one to say I needed to play better in that second half um, to close the game out because uh, we were definitely in a position to win it. 
I, I remember talking to you in the 2020 season. There was a level of determination that you guys had. We're not losing anybody. I think that's what made the Super Bowl so stunning because you guys had that vibe. You have the talent. And some days it just – that's the thing about football. It's single elimination. It's not best of seven. Nope. You guys would probably win any best of seven series that would be played. But when it's one game – the teams are close enough from a talent standpoint that all it takes is that one moment, that one bounce of the ball, that one bad call or good call, depending upon which team you are, and it can happen that way. It can. I mean, it's any given Sunday for a reason. I mean, these uh, there's no bad team in the NFL. I, I, I don't care what the record says. I don't care what, who's coaching them, the players that they got. Um, it's still the National Football League, and uh, and the way that, that football is shaped, man, that ball can bounce any which way at any given moment, um, and big plays can happen. Uh, and, you know, you just try and put yourself in the best position that you can week in, week out uh, to try and, you know, keep making a run at the ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was here a little while ago, and we were trying to make sense of how – because I think if you guys put it together for four quarters, you'd score 100 points, right? <laughs> because you can score 28-1, and one, and we see it. And it was 21-3 to three before anybody even settled in in the AFC Championship. What happens when everything's going so well? What happens almost like in the blink of an eye to – to, to cause you guys kind of like to fall off the bike and can't get back on? Um, I mean, it's a mixture of things. It's not just one thing. Uh, I think that for me personally, um, I started to try and do things that were a little bit uncharacteristic in the second half, trying to make sure that we made that extra play that I did. Uh, I, I tried to elaborate a little bit too much on some things. Uh, and it's just, you know, it, it, it messes with the flow of the offense. It messes with the flow of the team. And... Um, it's definitely something to learn from, and it's another one of those heartbreaking losses that uh, that you just gotta you gotta figure out how to not put yourself in that position next time. There's a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers possibly playing for the Broncos. What do you what do you think about having to deal with him twice a year, Justin Herbert twice? You guys got a pretty good division already. Do, do, is your attitude bring it on? Let's have the oh competition. man, are you kidding me? That'd be a blast. We get to play two of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. Uh, Three of the, the best quarterbacks in the National Football League week in, week out um, in the division. I think that it's, uh, it's something that I, I definitely would enjoy because that means, you know, we got to put up points. So we're, 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 we got our foot on the pedal knowing that the, the quarterback on the other side of the ball uh, is capable of putting up points just like we are. Travis is here today. Thanks to the folks at Courtyard by Marriott. Tell us what you have going on with them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I wish I was playing in the game, but uh, I'm here on behalf of Courtyard by Marriott, uh, the official hotel of the NFL, um, and to showcase their their Super Bowl sleepover contest. They turned one of the suites in SoFi Stadium into a hotel room, a Courtyard hotel room, and uh, a super fan will be able to wake up Super Bowl Sunday as the first one in the building, ready to rock and roll. And it's a, it's a once in a lifetime experience. You only get with Courtyard. Who are you pulling for Sunday? Man, that's the big question. I'll tell you what, man. I, uh, I, I'm I getting tugged both ways. I absolutely love the Rams and, and the players that they got, the, the star-studded defense, the, the great weapons that they have on offense. And then on top of that, Cincinnati, I, I got to – not only do they have the great players on offense and, and a defense that plays extremely well together, uh, I got ties back at Cincinnati. Going to University yep. of Cincinnati, being a Bearcat, I got a lot of friends that, uh, that are pulling for the Bengals. And, you know, I'm – I'm right in between right now. I'm just hoping that it's a great game, man. Number one thing that's got to happen for you to not be here, here next year, but at practice or with the team two days before the Super Bowl next year. What's the number one thing that's got to happen? The number one thing, um, 
we just got to rebuild, man. We just got to rebuild. Every single year, you got to rebuild the the team, and it's uh, that's the fun part of training camp and the off season is you get to mold everybody and find that chemistry and uh, find the juice that'll take you through a 17 to 20 game season. Well, with 15 and 87. Chiefs are always going to have a chance, right? That gives you an extra. That get, knowing that you've got and, I, and I, look, Patrick, and and I'll include you, but just having Patrick is Without always going to give you a chance. It, you get you get one five back there slinging the rock, you got a chance. All right. Well, uh, we hope we won't see you in person next year. <laughs> Although we'll settle for it if we get to talk to you again. There I'm he is, you. Travis Kelsey, and uh, we'll be back with plenty more right after this.